detective. Thrill me. The middle of Die Hard week. Die Hard with a vengeance. Hump day. We're all back again. Jared, Gibbo, myself, Adam. It's a hump day to Die Hard. <laughs> yep. The third one, Die Hard with a vengeance. Bruce Willis, Jeremy Irons, Samuel L. Jackson. Congratulations, you're still alive. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... In a John McTiernan film, Die Hard with a Vengeance. John McClane, NYPD. Are you all right? Yes. Laundry day. Directed by John McTiernan again. Yeah. He's back from the original. This time it's produced by John McTiernan and Michael Tadros, who did I Am Legend and Devil's Advocate. Written by a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Hensley, who wrote and directed The Punisher, not the Dolph Lundgren one, (laughs) and Armageddon, and it's based on an original script that he wrote called Simon Says. Mm. Again, Bruce Willis is back as John McClane. Samuel L. Jackson... <clears throat> who is in every movie ever made. <laughs> if you're looking for him, Especially you get this point onwards. <laughs> as Zeus Carver and Jeremy Irons as Simon Gruber. The budget for this movie was a solid $90 million, so we've gone up again, and it made $366 million worldwide. Now, a bit of trivia, that this was the highest-grossing movie of 1995. Over what? Over oh, a bunch of other crap movies. Oh, no, no, it was just it wasn't a big year. I don't think. Yeah. General thoughts, Gibbo. Our score out of five. Okay, uh, <clears throat> so I think this is a step back in the right direction. I think uh, I think McTiernan had a lot to do with it. I definitely prefer this one over number two. Uh, and rewatching them, uh, yeah, I'll probably still agree with myself. I think I'm always right. In that <laughs> <aspect>. uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I think n- number two. I just I lost a little bit of the McLean character. I think he's back in this one. And this also has a little bit of a uh, Last Boy Scout vibe, I think, with him, which makes him more sort of relatable and likable again. Yeah. So for me, this one's definitely a step back in the right direction. It, it loses a little bit in the not being in a contained environment, but I think it does enough with the va- variation of what they're up to and you know the different things they've got to be up against to, to really carry it. So, yeah. And I also think the, the Zeus character is a, a good addition instead of just the, uh, the Twinkie munching... You know, just generic nobody that didn't actually do anything from the first two. So for me, I'd, I'd probably go back up a little bit. Um, for those that didn't listen, I gave the first one a five and the second one a three. And uh, I'm going to give this one a four. Okay. Back Jared? I was, I was tossing up between a three and a half and a four. Watching it back, it was the first one that kind of... The first one that I didn't think was as good as I remembered. Hmm. I used to really love this one, and I thought I probably liked this one better than Die Hard 2. But watching them back, they were either on par or even possibly I liked Die Hard 2 a little bit better. I think I'll stick with a four. Um, I think it loses a little bit by not having someone like Holly in there. So it's just McLean, you know, by himself, and he's just sort of thrown into the situation. But uh, I think it's what Gibbo said. You get a bit of that McLean character back. It's probably... I, I like the one-liners a lot more. It's a lot more quotable than part two. And that sort of covers up a little bit of the, the things that I... A little little bit of the stuff that I didn't like about it in terms of the, the plotting and, and that sort of stuff, which we'll mm. get into. But I think I'll stick with a four, even though I would probably consider it that I, I, it's dropped off a little bit in my opinion. 
I just love these movies, so mm. dropping off is only four. I'm gonna. Uh, there's gonna be a, a gasp from the group, being a massive Die Hard fan. But this one gets a three from me. Oh Jesus! It's I, good that we're having some controversy. Though. I Not think just agreeing. Yeah, mm. I, I think this one, the first hour is really good, but the second hour is starts to plod, and once the gold reserve has been hit, it just starts to run out of ideas. And even though there are still some good sequences in that, that second hour, it just loses me. For, for I don't know why, because I was a bit like you when <clears> I first saw it. I really liked it. But I just found that the second half just loses the steam and it never recovers after that. I do agree that putting uh, McLean with uh, uh, basically a sidekick mm. was a good move mm. in this case. And that a lot of that does work. Yep. And it gets the movie by. The chemistry between the two actors works. Yeah, and it makes covers the movie, up a lot, covers up a lot the, of mistakes. Um, I actually thought the same as you going into it. That was my recall of it, was that the first hour was great and then it drops off a bit. But I actually I changed my view a little bit, which we'll get into. Okay. Um, but, yeah, things things turned around a little bit there for me. I, th- I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before about it. Okay. Let's get into the likes then. I think we could all be in agreement that the actual setup of Simon Says... And McLean is now at mercy of this guy, and if he doesn't do what he says, things are going to get blown up. Immediately the stakes are at top level because cool. everything now hinges on this bloke doing what he's told. Yeah. yeah. So, And because they blow up Bombwood Tellers at the start, hmm. you're immediately aware, oh, fuck, there's no, no fucking around. This yeah. guy is going That's to blow up. That's the crashed airplane from number yeah. two or yeah. the Takagi from number one. Exactly. Sort of like, you know, but they serious. kick off with it, so yeah. they really grab yeah. you by the balls to yeah. start with. See, that's... <clears throat> Again, it's a bit superficial, like the second one. The stakes, you say the stakes are there, but McLean's stakes aren't there because you don't really know. Yeah, he's, he's no not really tied to, to any of it. It's just someone he? who wants him to do it or other people are going to die. So the attachment is sort of, there's no it's there's no close wife. personal attachment. Yep. And that's where Zeus, Zeus's kids, uh, Zeus's nephews come in. Yeah. Which doesn't really, it's not fleshed out a lot, but it was probably enough for me. Yeah. Again, it was sort of like the... The, the, the slick approach to it and the, the good action sequences sort of covered that a little bit. Mm. It was, so it was, it was like part two in that way. Yeah. I think that, um, the, as I said, the banter between Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson works surprisingly well. Upon second, second, viewing it again, after having not seen it for a while, it's actually very well. Those two seem to get along great. Yeah. You know, it just kind of works. It carries it for stretches. Yeah. yeah. For long stretches. In that second half, it, it carry, it's, it's one of the only things that really mm. is carrying it. Even though you uh, even though you name a character Zeus just to get an amusing rant from about, him. The yeah, yeah, about the being called Hazy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, it, it actually, yeah, the, the, the dynamic between those two carries it for, for um, stretches. Uh, nothing beats... Um, uh, you mess with a well-laid plan where you can stick your well-laid plan up your well-laid, well-laid ass. ass. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else in the office is going, what are you doing? McLean's going, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell it. They're from very different places, but they think very much the same way. They're all about the, fu- oh, I'm, I'm in doing my own thing and yeah. the world can get fucked, basically. Yeah. So. And I kind of, I did like that. And I thought that that, that helps the movie greatly. Like, if you'd have put McLean on his own again, the movie would have just crashed and burned because there was nothing keeping a lot of these sequences together. Yeah. Because he wasn't in contact with Simon Gruber. 
until later, like yeah. much later. Yeah. So it's good that that was there. It kind of goes against the usual diehard formula. It actually does go against it to have him sort of being dragged into it via, you know, someone playing games and it's more of this um, moving across the city and trying to stop all these things. Yeah, not just stumbling into it. Yeah. And I did actually like that, especially when you're talking about a a second sequel to a a classic. You cannot once again repeat yourself, and I think they did a reasonable enough job to avoid repetition. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. while while sort of retaining enough of what you knew to to make it a die-hard movie. Yeah, well, it ties into the first one, obviously, later on, once you you find out why Simon's doing what he's doing, but... Otherwise, it'd be pretty hard sell to say, oh, look, this bloke's, you know, look, it's nearly Christmas again and this bloke's in the wrong place at the wrong time. It kind of wouldn't work. So once you find out it's a revenge plot at the end and and, and that's why it's all happening to him and that's sort of, you don't have to suspend disbelief just to go along for the ride. Yeah, and it's also the idea of he's now down on his luck again. He's he's just basically a bum, you know. It did make that. Which suits him. It did make that motivation stronger from the bad guys to have it tied into hearts. Yeah. I think Gibbo's going to disagree with me, but I actually think Jeremy Irons is pretty good. I think it's actually a, it's a, they're better, he's a better villain than the, the second one. I think he was a better villain in the Lion King, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't hate him as a villain. I, I actually prefer him to the villains in Number Two, yeah. for sure. I, I think, and, and not necessarily because of the the Gruber tie-ins. I think he's just he's got a sinister way about him, the yeah. way he looks and the way he talks. Yeah. Yeah. He sort of he he seems more dangerous than old butt naked General uh, Colonel Stewart for me. But yeah. I'm not a big Jeremy Irons fan. You know, in Colonel anyway, Stewart's but... butt naked doing squats. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Gruber, you know, Simon Gruber's plotting revenge. You know, yeah. he's a bit more serious. Hey, he did wear a tank top though. He obviously true, did a little true, bit of weight for this. I thought when he was on the phone, it was all right. Then when you actually get his physical presence, drops things off a little bit yeah. for me. When you saw him in the tank top, he looked like David Bowie. And no offense to Bowie. But when you're looking for when you're looking for a uh, intimidating character, the David Bowie look is not the way to go. No, no, the bleached blonde, the yeah, the tipped hair, the that's the arms. Yeah. Like yeah, they yeah, tried to make it look like he was a little bit cut, but he actually just looked like really a, the skinny. skinniest bloke you've ever and seen. And so this is again the reason why the original is such a such a classic is Gruber so Hans Gruber is not an intimidating guy in terms of size or anything, and couldn't fight for shit. But just from what we saw. just he was. He was an intimidating presence for whatever reason. Yep. That, that, and that's got a lot to do with, I think, um, uh, Alan Rickman yep. and, and how well that's played. And I don't think this is anywhere near that, but I think it's better than the guys in two. And he's got more to do. Yeah, He's actually got some things to do, you know, the whole Federal Reserve. He's changing accents. He's doing all sorts of, you know. Well, it kind of goes back to number one. Like, you can see that he and Hans are brothers because... Most of the pl- first part of the movie is a plot which is all misdirection. Yeah, the yeah, whole that's Simon right. Says thing is just to get people to not look at all the fucking dump trucks going yeah. in to steal the gold. But Hans, so, did a, yeah, Hans did a far better American accent. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But it, as I was saying, it gave um, Simon this movie gave Simon Gruber more to do than what Colonel Stewart was doing. Yeah. So Colonel, I could, Colonel Stewart didn't really do anything until the, the airplane, yeah. the, the fight on the wing, basically, yeah. or other than crashing the plane, but. Yeah, he. Yeah, it's definitely a better villain for me, for sure. I think the action scenes are also pretty well done, the, especially the one involving the um, train mm-hmm. and him trying to get the, and then trying. He, uh, Sammy Jackson's trying to get to the phone booth. Bruce Willis is on the train looking for the bomb. I think that works really well. Yeah, and giving you a taste of McLean, you know, the the tough New York guy in New York. Yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of worked. Cool. Well, yeah, because he's gone from LA to Washington. Now he's actually in his element. Yeah, and it's obviously a ramping up of the 
the containment thing. You once the first one you contain in a building, the second one you contain in an airport. Now it's going bigger. It's like a Grand Theft Auto series. Yeah, they're gradually getting bigger and bigger maps for him to play around in. And uh, <clears throat> okay, so I just think another quick, really quick little like is, and this is a pretty uh, random one is the uh, the bomb geek from the cops. Hi. <laughs> Yeah. I, I just love that guy. How excited he is about his little explosive glue! Like, and it, 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 he's banging the. Yeah. Should you be banging that shit around? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's totally it's a binary liquid. But then yeah. just, the little grin he gets on his face is like, look what happens, and he throws it at the chair, and it's, yeah. he's like a little kid at Christmas yeah. wrapping a new yeah, toy. Yeah. So I did. I, I did thought he was. Him. I thought he was a pretty. He sort of. He's like a comedy, a comedic relief sort of thing for yeah. a, right in the middle there. So yeah, I enjoyed that. I also did have to laugh when the. The FBI and the CIA pull them in to the van, mm. and they start asking all these questions about have you been followed or whatever. And he's sort of like, no. And then they go, anything at all. And he goes, well, I got this itchy sort of sensation between my toes. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the dislikes here, and I'll probably kick off because I've probably got the biggest problems with this movie out of the three of us. Mm-hmm. There's too many extra characters. There's a thousand coppers who are getting screen time. There's a thousand thugs. I mean, the guy's got a fucking army. There's yeah. about 50 guys. Now, I know you've got to suspend disbelief, but this movie is, for the most part, set in a very realistic world. Like, they do their best to keep it very to realistic. Yeah. You know, the guy's driving dump trucks around. He's got 50 blokes on the payroll. Where do you get all these guys? I mean, are they... I think it's just, just a website, isn't it? You just yeah, yeah. Henchmen are us or something like that. Obviously, Eastern European. Mm. <laughs> you know, you They're can all pick. dastardly. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of bad <laughs> guys in Eastern Europe. It's on one of them sex websites. Yeah. <laughs> Dick size. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. But you know what I mean? Like, it just... I got... Just guys coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, see, I didn't notice that too much until... When they're popping champagne, yeah, it is about forty. Where the, where the fuck did all those blokes yeah. come from? It reminded me of you the must foot have clan. recruited all the blokes that were working in the mall. <laughs> I thought it was just like the Foot Clan, though. Remember yeah. in, in the, the Ninja Turtles movie, and you go back and they've got like the Foot Clan's lair, and there's just all these little kids just playing video games yeah. and skating and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Enough yeah. to fill a warehouse. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a little bit sus. So I don't know how you. There's just too many for my liking. Yeah. yeah, so the coppers, again, I didn't really bother too much about the coppers because they were in and out. Yeah. Like you had you had Zeus and, and McLean, and then you didn't see those guys for a while, except for the mustachioed captain. Yeah. Another, another fine mustache in the diehards here. Yeah, 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 there's a couple of good ones. Well, there's him, the and then there's the token Native American, uh, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's uh, the little bomb okay. geek and guy. And there's the woman. And the, the female cop that just yeah. yells and screams about everything pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And it's just generally shrill and irritating. <laughs> Yes. My biggest dislike, and this was probably what I was talking about that I didn't notice until this time around, the games at the start are really just a cover. You kind of, it's sort of smoke and mirrors because while that's going on, there's not really anything else with the plot going on. They're actually really slowly working through who the identity of this guy guy is. Yeah. And they just cover it up by sending McLean and Zeus through these challenges and developing their sort of relationship. And, and really, then it kind of gets actually, back on track when yeah. the, when the um, gold storage is here. Yeah, That's it's actually really quite like quite. Um, I wouldn't say slow because I always thought that that was the real strength of the movie up until when they start chasing Gruber. But this time around, watching it, I actually thought it's really just a bit of smoke and mirrors because mm. there's not a, not a whole lot developing up mm. until that point. So they just send them jumping through hoops, 
And then the plan rolls in, into action. And after I guess about forty-five minutes, fifty minutes. Again, that's the, the that's the lack of this this movie's got on its side is the action scenes at that in that period are really well shot and really well done. And Willis and Jackson basically Back and forth. do they just paper over all that shit mm. until bang, um, the gold storage has been hit and you suddenly <clears> realise, oh shit. You know, there wasn't anything going on for that first hour. We knew nothing, but yeah. we're back on track. My, the second half is just, unlike the original, it just starts to go and just fall fall down for a lot of reasons. I, I like the idea of the bomb in the school, but then I found that stuff kind of tedious. I kind of liked the fact there was the aqueduct and all that. But then that was also tedious when they try to shake him out by blowing up the less the water lessen the water on him, yeah. which was cool. I liked that scene where he sort of you know rides the truck and then gets out. Yeah. But it's just sort of going sort of nowhere. It was sort of up and down. Yeah. Like, I I really this time around I actually really enjoyed the scene where he goes down um, in an elevator with those those guys in the gold reserve. Yeah. And you know the dopey bastard that picked up the badge and put it on as his own yeah sort of gives up the ghost yeah gives gives the game away for him uh i actually really like that even though it was a sort of just a couple of minutes there where he's interacting with him and then gets in the elevator and realizes what's going on and and kills them all that sort of was it was an up and then it sort of goes down again and they start chasing through the through like you said the, the aqueduct and all that all that sort of stuff um, it just sort of yeah it went very up and down like you know another high point I thought was the, the fight between Gruber's henchman um, henchman Targo yeah yeah when Willis is stabbing him and he's just yeah. kind of keeps coming and, and that sort of thing Targo so, was cut rate Carl though he, he was he was he cut was. rate Carl and he wasn't he was barely in it yeah. up until that point that's that's kind of what you were saying you know you've got too many characters yeah you and you got that, that girl who was. says nothing she was useless. She just sitting there with him. His fuck buddy. Yeah, and yeah. and they mention her, the CIA and the FBI mention her. Mm, it's why? like what the fuck for? She's got nothing to do with it. Yeah, I'm assuming maybe him and her were gonna piss off with the gold. Yeah, that was the the twist, I guess. Like the wild things ending, where they, they think they're gonna get away with it. Which and just well, which ending it was that? When you see oh, Kevin Bacon's wild things? <laughs> was it that ending? <laughs> Kevin Bacon's dick. Yeah. <laughs> just another. That's movie. all I remember. We, we got, got through there. a few episodes without mentioning it. <laughs> it's back. Thanks, Kevin. You're back. Bacon's cock enters the hall of fame. <laughs> six, to, six degrees of Kevin Bacon's penis. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd have to say you mentioned the aqueduct scene. Aqueduct scene is one of my big dislikes of this movie. Yeah. I don't know how slow they think a tidal wave of water moves in a tunnel, but he can see it for about ten minutes. Yeah, and, and he turns the truck around yeah. in the middle of yeah. it. a twelve point turn in an aqueduct oh, while shit, there's no. a tidal wave coming. No way. And that, no. I think that's one of the first uh, action movie like Superman unkillable moments that John McClane has. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where you sort of go, oh come on, like that's. That amount of water going past would rip your arms clean off, and if you did get shot at the top, you'd be just obliterated into yeah. to meat. So, speaking of the trucks, though, I probably should sneak it into the likes, but the truck driver. Oh I yeah, why. I just found the guy keeps crapping on about yeah. the aqueduct. He keeps, you know, taking him on a tour, basically. And McLean's fucking rolling his eyes, going, "Jesus, Jerry!" It's kind of funny that they set him up for ten minutes, just gibbering shit, and McLean's like, "Fuck." Get me out of here. And he's the one that gives him, you know, the important clue. Yeah, actually, Chester A. Arthur. It was convenient, but I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. The way they set it up for 10 minutes. They set this character up for 10 minutes just to get him to the, you yeah. know, yeah. get him to the to the, um, to the the mines and then spout the, the little bit of information that he needed. Yeah. 
He's kind of like the Marv of this movie, though. Like, he's, he's yeah. like, they've got some kind of idiot savant that just accidentally helps Rain him. Rain Man right pops yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. The Rain Man of the aqueduct. <laughs> the fo- as I said, the final explosion where that the ship goes up. Very, 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 very sketchy. Very sketchy. It looks like an add in. Yeah. Like it was put in after the movie was done. <clears throat> and that's probably my biggest dislike is the movie has two endings. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it, it's almost like it won't stop or it doesn't know how to stop. It's saying, we had this massive explosion, everything's been blown up. McLean and Zeus survived, but Gruber got away. But yet, oh no, we need another ending. It's like they couldn't let him get away or perhaps have it. And I pointed this out to Gibbo when we were discussing it before we got on air. There is a scripted version that's different yeah. where after that explosion, Zeus and um, McLean survive, Gruber and the crew get away and they're flying away and they find the fucking bomb in the suitcase on the plane. Yeah, they smuggled it onto the plane. Yeah. Yep. And so I think that's a better way to end it. Yeah. Tying into that explosion on the boat and the two endings, one of my major dislikes was the aspirin. Yeah, the clue yeah. on the aspirin bottle. The oh, clue Quebec. on the aspirin bottle was fucking laughable. Yeah. But not only that. Lazy. Not only that, it's it's like what Gibbo was saying. This was the first hint that McLean could just get himself out of anything because mm. he was gone. He was him and, him and Zeus were tied up to that bomb. They're gone. Yeah. All you need to do is basically... Not give him an aspirin bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he just... The fact that they couldn't just say, you know, he goes, give me, you got any aspirin? He happens to have the aspirin. Must be your lucky thing. Yeah, yeah, which has the clue that he needs. Why wouldn't you just be saying, no, nah, fuck you. Fuck gotcha. you, you're about you know, to die. You're going to die in three seconds. Yeah. Have a headache. We've got you, champ. You're, gonna, you're not going to have a head to worry about shortly. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. don't worry about your headache. Just get moving. And it's just that, that thing where it, it just strung it along it's, for it's that. It's the Bond villain shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt that that, yeah, the, the double ending just really hurts yeah. I'm watching it again. It just feels like, holy shit, that looked terrible. We need to do this to yeah. make it better. And don't get me wrong, I like the way he shoots down the... Helicopter. The, the bit onto the helicopter and, and it blows up and everything. I thought that was really cool. And obviously they get <clears> to <throat> tie in Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, into there. You have to do it. But it's just superfluous. It, Sort of to me, it felt like oh, this is like from another movie, or we just decided mm. to roll this out because we felt like it. We had a few million dollars up our sleeve, and we had a few, you know stunt guys ready to work. We got some cash left that left over, fellas. How about two explosions? Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> sounds good. That um, um, that alternate ending though you mentioned adds the you know where they they're in the plane and they yeah. the, the, the that's actually the last Boy Scouts ending though when you think about it. Oh so yes, Shelley Marcon ends up yeah. with the, uh, the, the in the back of the car. And you just see a mushroom cloud in the middle of LA killing yeah. a bunch of innocent bystanders. It is and, very similar. Maybe and, that's why they pissed it off. Yeah, well they're like, oh hang on, this has been done in another Bruce Willis yeah. movie. So. and they they did have another ending that they shot where he tracks Simon down and um, yeah, in using a little using a little um, handheld like rocket launcher. He kind of plays a game of Simon Simon Says with him. Yeah, it makes him do a bit of a dance. It's shit. Yeah. No, the, so the, the bomb in the plane would have been the that pit, out. But Overall, I sound like I'm a bit harsh on it. I do enjoy this movie. It's fun and entertaining and, and it's got some good one-liners and the action scenes are okay. But it's 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 a step down. It's another step down. So you're up right up the top. Two falls, but not that far for me. Three drops a lot. Yeah. Number four is in deep shit. It's gonna be a number two for Andy. <laughs> well, I'm in. Uh, I've gone five, four, and four. So I'm, I'm anyone's basically. Just... No, no, no. I think that 
moving into the next phase, that's the interesting thing about the next two, is that they're 15 years since this one. Yeah, it's mm. a totally different So it's area. almost like it's another series. Yeah. And it's a totally different John McClane. Yeah. We're into cue ball John McClane. Yeah. And the yeah. internet. Yeah. Scary internet things. Age. Yes. Has everyone, do we feel we've got everything out of this? Yeah. Have we wrung everything out of Die Hard with a Vengeance? I think we've got it. All sure. right. Let's go with that. Well, next episode, we'll be back with uh, John McClane 2.0 with Live Free or Die Hard. Slightly less hair. <laughs> but until then, keep listening and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.